Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. This is Rami Alijo, CEO of People Processes, and I want to welcome you to the People Processes podcast. Here we dive deep into the tools, laws, and yes, processes that you need to know in order to scale and grow your organization. This is part two of our coronavirus COVID-19 Q&A. We're going to be talking about what to do here when you think an employee may be sick or you've received uh, word that they're sick or that they've come in contact with someone sick. We're going to go around the actions to take. This is part two of our Q&A. Hopefully you've listened to part one already where we talked about implementing a remote work um, uh, policy and putting in telecommuting in your organization. Part three, after this, we're going to talk about when can an employee refuse to come into work because of a fear of coronavirus? Can they refuse to work if they don't have a mask? Can they, can they wear them? Can, can they be, uh, you know, do they have to be allowed to wear a mask at your retail store? Like, how do we deal with that? Part four, we're going to talk about group health insurance and its interactions with coronavirus. We're going to talk about ways to take advantage of those, uh, what's covered, what's not. Part five, we're going to talk about wage an hour. We're going to talk about what do we have to pay here if uh, we let people, if we put, you know, send people home because they're sick. Uh, if they're calling in sick and you don't think they're sick because they just want time off, like how does that work? We're going to talk about the wage an hour implications. And finally, in part six, we're going to talk about liability. Uh, is this a workers' comp issue? Are we liable as employers if employees come in and get sick? We're going to cover that in part six. For now, uh, check us out. Uh, these questions have all come from social media and our clients. So hop on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, message me. Uh, let me know if you have any questions so we can add them as we go. All right. So here's the first question I get. Um, can we send an employee, uh, ask them to stay home or leave work if they exhibit symptoms of coronavirus, COVID-19, or just the flu? Like, can we just, should we, can we? Yes. You are permitted to ask them to seek medical attention and get tested for COVID-19. The CDC states that employees who exhibit symptoms of influenza-like illness at work during a pandemic should leave the workplace and be made to do so. During the H1N1 pandemic, the EEOC Equal Employment Opportunity Commission stated that advising workers to go home is not disability-related if the symptoms present are akin to seasonal flu or in that time, the H1N1 virus. Therefore, an employer may require workers to go home if they exhibit symptoms of COVID-19, coronavirus, or the flu. So if someone's there and they're sweating, they're looking like they got a fever, or they're hacking and coughing, or they're sneezing, it's like, bruh, go home. You can't be here, okay? So first of all, if they're exhibiting flu-like symptoms, you can send them home. Um, but that goes on to one more thing. Like, what if they're sweating? Can you, and you go, well, maybe I should take their temperature. Can you take the employee's temperature at work to determine whether they might be infected? This is a complicated one. The ADA places restrictions on the inquiries that an employer can take can make into an employee's medical status. And the EEOC considers taking an employee's temperature to be a medical examination under the ADA. The ADA prohibits employers from requiring those exams and making disability-related inquiries unless the employer can show that the inquiry or exam is job-related and consistent with business necessity, or the employer has reasonable belief that the employee possesses a direct threat to the health and safety of the individual or others that cannot otherwise be eliminated or reduced by reasonable accommodation. Taking an employee's temperature may be unlawful if it's not job-related and consistent with business activity. So, the inquiry, the inquiry and evaluation to whether taking temperature is job-related is fact-specific. It's going to vary a lot. 
The EEO's position during a pandemic is that employers should rely on the latest CDC and state or local public health assessments to determine whether the pandemic rises to the level of a direct threat. Direct threat, that's the key. The assessment by the CDC as the severity of the COVID-19 will provide the objective evidence needed for medical exams. If the COVID-19 coronavirus becomes widespread in the community, as determined by state and local health authorities, the employers may take the employee's temperature at work. But if you're in uh, a place that hasn't had a case yet, maybe there's five cases in your state, none in your city, you're not, it's not a direct threat. You can send people home because you're scared or you feel like they're scaring other people or hell, they may have it, but you don't want to do the actual temperature test. Having said all that, as a practical matter, an employee will, people can be infected with COVID-19 without exhibiting recognized symptoms such as fever. So temperature checks may not be the most effective method for protecting your workforce anyway. Long and short is going as far as to take their temperature is a big step. You need to have a very good reason. Uh, If you're in, you know, Washington State, Seattle, and you got hundreds of cases popping up around you, makes sense. But other than that, uh, and of course, you may be listening to this so two, three weeks from now, who, who the hell knows who's, where it's going to be at that point. But uh, unless it's a direct threat, you don't want to do the temperature. You just want to <clears throat> decide whether you're going to send them home, ask them to go get a test. Speaking of testing, an employee has tested positive for COVID-19. What do we do? You should send home all employees who worked closely with that employee for a 14-day period of time to ensure the infection does not spread. Before the employee departs, ask them to identify all individuals who worked in close proximity, that's three to six feet with them, in the previous 14 days to have a full list of those who should be sent home. When sending the employees home, do not identify by name the infected employee or you could risk a violation of confidentiality laws. You may also want to consider asking a cleaning company to undertake a deep clean of your afflicted workspace. If you work in a shared office building or area, you need to inform building management so they can take whatever precautions they deem necessary. Long and short is, from the point of interaction, you need a 14-day quarantine with anyone who touched, who, who, who worked in close proximity. You want to send them home. So uh, this we actually had a case uh, client right now. Um, it's in medical, so it's a little different, but they did rounds with someone who's suspected to have COVID-19 on, uh, it's, it's Saturday now. They did that on Monday, I believe. So it's been six days. They just found out today. They're experiencing no signs or symptoms, but they need to quarantine for another week. They need 14 days as a rule of uh, self-quarantine uh, from that interaction. What if, though, we don't have a positive test, we just have a suspected but unconfirmed case? What do we do if one of our employees is suspected but unconfirmed? You just want to do the exact same thing as above. Treat the situation as if the suspected case is a confirmed case for purpose of sending home potentially infected employees. Communicate with your affected workforce to let them know that the employee has not tested positive for the virus, but has been exhibiting symptoms that lead you to believe a positive diagnosis is possible. Okay? only the effective workers don't don't cause panic as a rule, but yeah, you just want to send them home. Call say, assume any um, symptomatic case is is a case. How do we distinguish between those suspected but unconfirmed cases of COVID nineteen and just a typical illness that so people get the flu? There's absolutely no good answer to this. There is no easy way for you to make this determination, but you generally just kind of want to let logic guide your thinking. The kinds of indicators that will lead you to conclude an illness could be a suspected but unconfirmed case of COVID-19 
include whether that employee traveled to a restricted area that is under a level two, three, or four travel advisory warning, whether the employee was exposed to someone who traveled to one of those areas or similar facts, or if the prevalence of it in your area. Again, if there's no one in your city who has it, you can kind of, you know, and they just, and they're, they, they, they got a cough. It's like, don't think that's coronavirus necessarily. I mean, you can be, um, you can, you can be cautious without just overblowing this. Okay. But if, it, if there's any reason to think about, you know, if there's a decent connection, then it's like, all right, eh, it's probably that we should assume it's that if COVID-19 becomes severe, Inquiries into an employee's symptoms, even if disability related, are considered justifiable by the EEOC. Uh, so the the general idea is that the more prevalent it is, the more okay it is for you as an employer to say, hey, bro, you got you got this thing, you gotta get, you know, uh help us figure this out. Basically, um, even if those things are uh these inquiries would normally be protected, they're not. Uh, according to the EEOC, as a as a reasonable belief based on objective evidence that the severe form of a pandemic influenza poses a direct threat. Again, that direct threat language. You got to maintain all information about employee illnesses, by the way, in a confidential medical record in compliance with the ADA. So don't be just sticking that out and putting it in a company newsletter. Hey, Jack's got COVID. Don't do that. Uh, no need to. All right. What about not a suspected case with an employee, but one of your employees self-reported that they came in contact with someone who had a presumptive positive case of COVID-19? What do we do? Same thing as above. Treat the situation as if the suspected case is a confirmed case for purposes of sending home potentially infected employees. Communicate with your affected workers to let them know the employee is asymptomatic for the virus, but you are acting out of an abundance of caution. Great, great language to use. What if uh, one of our employees has been exposed to the virus, but only found out after they had interacted with clients or customers? What do we do? Again, send them home for 14 days. Check out the coworkers list. Do the same 14-day self-quarantine, treating the situation as if the exposed employee has a confirmed case of COVID-19 and you're sending home the potentially infected employees he came in contact with. As for the third parties, you need to communicate with customers and vendors that came into close contact with the employee to let them know about the potential of a suspected case. It's not going to be fun, but you need to drop an email, give a call and say, if you, uh, you know, you may have come in contact with an employee of ours who has a suspected case of this on this date, something like that. Um, we, we are acting out of an abundance of caution. They have no, uh, symptoms, but there's a, there, you know, there's a possibility there's a suspected case here, or they have symptoms and are in quarantine. <laughs> it's like, okay. So, Give them a heads up. All right. Uh, Last thing we got, which is a terrifying question, is if we learn or suspect that one of our employees has COVID-19, do we have a responsibility to report this information to the CDC? Had to check on this one. The answer is no. There's no obligation to report a suspected or confirmed case of COVID-19 to the CDC. The healthcare provider that receives the confirmation of a positive test is a mandatory reporter, and they will handle that responsibility. Okay, so it's on the doctor. It's kind of important you not. I haven't found a case where this is violating HIPAA or any of that kind of stuff. Um, But it seems to me that if they know they have a case, then a doctor knows they have a case, and the doctor's the one who by law has to tell the CDC. So they already know. No action for you to take. I hope that was helpful for you, just giving you a a brief guide through of what you need to do if you have an employee uh, or suspected employee 
who uh, may be sick with this virus. We're going to go on to part three next. I hope this was helpful to you. Reach out to us on social media, LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, uh, Instagram, at People Processes and Rami Alijil. I would love to uh, have your questions. And if we can provide any help, we're here to do so, okay? If you need go-bys, if you need a sample document, uh, if you just, you're just going, hey, I, I don't even know where to start with this, reach out. Uh, at peopleprocesses.com, there's a chat button in the bottom right-hand corner. Uh, there are downloadable materials for subscribers. Uh, we we want to help in any way we can. Best of luck. Now, it's time for you to go out there and have a great day and get your work done. I'll see you in part three.